Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Coleman Had a Dream podcast. We've had a bit of a break for one reason or another, but we are back better than ever, probably, uh, as we discuss all the goings on in Welsh football whilst we've been away for a few updates for you this week. Um, I'm joined, as always, by Ruth. How are you doing, Ruth? Good, good. What about you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've got um, I've got a very exciting week coming up. I'll I'll, I'll save this further down the line because it is football related. I'm not just kind of randomly showing off, um, but um, I, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to reference it again. You're back in the uh, you're back in the car this week, so strangers passing you by thinking you're a lunatic continues. Um, but also, if there is any breakup in uh, sound quality, that's why. Um, I also wanted you to retell your story. You were having a lovely little drink uh, the other day. Uh, out in the sunshine in Oregon. <laughs> yeah, uh, just to give you an idea of what Oregon is like in the, in the in supposed springtime, sitting outside one of our local breweries, band going, everybody having a grand time, up and dancing and all that sort of thing. And we're all just, you know, doing our Saturday, late Saturday afternoon kind of stuff. And it suddenly starts snowing. Excellent. So we're we're outside partying in the snow by about on, on Saturday. Just the notion of uh, how crazy it is over here, frankly. But uh, we need the precipitation, so no one's complaining. <laughs> Well, yeah, you are very much living the dream. I've got uh, I've got an exciting week uh, coming <laughs> up this week. Um, Ado Den Haag are in the playoffs. Um, they came fourth in the league, and first playoff game is tomorrow night. So me and my pals are going to watch that match tomorrow. Um, then one of my friends, listener, uh, Mr. Paul O'Brien, hello, Carl. Uh, uh, he's coming over for the weekend for a Eurovision party. But as luck would have it, um, the home leg of the uh, quarterfinal playoff just happens to be Saturday afternoon. So uh, me and Paul are going to have a, a, a nice selection of uh, local Dutch beers and hopefully cheer Ado on to victory. So um, very much a, a lovely week ahead, I hope. <laughs> I'm glad it's football focused for a change. Yes. Well, he is coming for Eurovision weekend with his uh, with his better half, um, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure we will manage to squeeze in enough beer and football to make uh, to make that tolerable in one way, shape, or form. Anyway, I digress as always, ladies and gents. We will start talking about football. That is the reason you are here. Um, we just wanted to kind of do some updates, really, because I feel like a lot has happened and not much has happened since we last recorded. So we just kind of rattle through a few things, and we've got a few questions lined up. Uh, as well, which we're very grateful for. So thank you for that. Um, first of all, up until fairly recently, it seemed like Bale and Ramsey were the main injury concerns going ahead into uh, the playoff, which is obviously coming up on the 5th of June. Zorba Thomas has also picked up a bit of a knee knock. Uh, there was obviously Ward is still recovering from injury. Even Nico Williams has potentially picked up a knock. So just a few little alarm bells starting to ring there, Ruth. Starting off with Bale and Ramsey, although Ramsey particularly looks like he looks like he's very much up and running again. Yeah, I understand he was uh, starting at the weekend, so that's obviously a good sign. I was a bit concerned when I saw he was in the Leipzig uh, squad but didn't get any time, but that looks like it's at least trending in the right direction. Um, Bale's latest thing, the last, last thing I read was it was described as a back spasm. I I, I actually think he he might just be swilling, swinging the leg a bit at the minute. I just like... I think there is no relationship between him and Madrid at the moment. I don't think anyone is bothered in either way. Um, I think it, I think he's just seen out his time, Frank, at the minute. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with you. I, there's a big part of me that 
thinks that surely he's playing to the gallery here with the uh, <laughs> with the back issue line. I I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, he, he seemed like he was playing to the gallery in my humble opinion there, which I have absolutely no problem with. And I'm sure that whatever the circumstances, uh, he will make sure he is available in in whatever co- capacity he's he's capable of of being uh, on that game on the fifth of June. So yeah, good news about Ramsey as well. Good to see he's back, not as as injured as initially feared. Not bad as injury, sorry, as initially feared. So good to see him starting on the weekend against Dundee. Um, Zorba Thomas also looks like uh, it might be kind of good news. The the doctors at Huddersfield have given him hope uh, of com- uh, competing in the end of the playoffs if they get there, and obviously that is good news for us as well. Yeah, the, the quote I said I read said after the regular season, which kind of implies to me sort of before the playoffs, as it were, or at least within the playoffs. So I don't I don't think I don't think his season is over in that sense. I think they're obviously managing whatever is up and uh, and seem pretty hopeful that uh, that like as you say, depending on how deep they might go in the playoffs, there's there's time for him to come back. And I think given our timeline for our playoffs. That sounds that sounds fairly positive, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Danny Ward is another one who looks like he should be back in contention um, for the last couple of games of the season for Leicester, which means he will obviously be back in contention for the Wales squad. We'll obviously do a preview closer to the time of who we think will start, etc., etc. Um, so we won't do too much on that now. But Nico Williams was another injury worry, although again, mm-hmm. similar to Zorba Thomas, he looks like he's been given good news as well. Yeah, I, th- I read that described as minor, his knee injury. So again, hopefully that's something that's uh, just, you know, a rest for 10 days or so, and then it'll, it'll be good to go, hopefully. I know, just someone says the word knee injury, and I instantly wriggle and yeah. squirm and make me feel <laughs> desperately uncomfortable. Um, we mentioned Bale and Ramsey there. I don't want to talk too much about where they'll end up next season, because I think we've done that to death a little bit. Um, but... Uh, an interesting point from GCHQ98 on Twitter, talking about contributing regularly at club level consistently, uh, which is something they haven't done for years. Do we think that's important? What do you think? I don't care, frankly, <laughs> is my honest answer to that. No, no. If they're, if, they're, if, they're fit, if they're fit to go for Wales, I'm not particularly bothered what's happening at club level. I mean, I'd rather, you know, I love it when Bale's playing in the Champions League final and scoring goals and, you know, was is happy and enjoying his his football. I think there's I think there's a mental strength in that when they're in a better place with their clubs because I think that has a knock-on effect to how they play for us, but at the mental level, not the physical level. So in terms of contributing, I'm not sure I'm too fussed about that i just want them to be fit and healthy yeah and i suppose the fitter and healthier they are the more they will contribute i mean for what it's worth i think i think a lot of next season is going to be very much dependent on the world cup uh, for both of them i really can Mm -hmm. i really can see bale retiring just completely if we don't qualify and if we do qualify he'll go somewhere where he can top himself up and keep himself in in good in good nick um similarly with ramsey i don't think obviously hit the continuation of his career depends on what happens in this world cup game but i do think that gives him a better window and a better platform to be able to go somewhere because he's definitely capable of play, playing premier league football i don't i don't think anyone can doubt that I, and i think he's someone who needs to be fit regularly to contribute so again i can see him ending up in the premier league uh next season which is you know, I, I think he's where he's capable of being. Um, but I, I kind of agree with you to an extent. I don't really mind. I think contributing for them at this stage of their career is actually quite different. I don't think 
anyone's mm-hmm. expecting either of them to be kind of starting playing every week um and playing you know two games in in in, in five days or whatever so yeah I, I do think there's an element there of it doesn't matter like you say um i wouldn't quite say i don't care but uh yeah i i do i do, I do think i do think there's an element to that it kind of doesn't matter as long as they're in and around it i don't think they didn't need to deliver constantly as long as they're in a position to contribute when it comes to it when it, it comes to the big games for us yeah i mean i think my my view is that i don't need either of them to be the man at their respective clubs wherever whatever that means and I think in some respects it's it's healthier if they're not you know I think if contributing in the sense that they're 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 valued and they're a piece of whatever club they're at and they haven't got the the mental baggage that both of them have to be dealing with recently that's important but I don't think I don't think they need to be contributing in the sense of they're taking a oh, I don't know, a a Cardiff of the world and dragging them up to the top of the championship, for example. I don't think it needs to be that kind of ride. No, no, I I agree with you. I do agree. Um, To to move on uh, and still look at the the Wales men's team, um, obviously, since (laughs) since we last spoke, the dates and everything were confirmed for the playoff, which is the 5th uh, of June. And around that, obviously, there's a Nations League games. Tickets gone on sale for that. We can buy a package for it, a double header package, for it, depending on certain weekends. Equally, um, there's the package uh, that has gone on sale. The package, the the Poland away tickets, sorry, have gone on sale today as well. So, so that's good news. That the wheels are kind of starting to move. That I will say, I don't think the dates are particularly fair to us in terms of having to play five games in 15 days or whatever it is. But I. The, the the Poland game, the first game is it basically. Um, if you and me wanted to go and play up front, Ruth, I, I reckon we could probably work that out because I don't think any of the big names are going to be playing that game. Essentially, except the goalkeeper, I think whoever's the goalkeeper for that game will probably be the goalkeeper for the playoff. Um, other than that, I don't think it matters. Um, and then after that, hopefully, we'll just kind of ride out whatever whatever comes our way. I'm less concerned about. Um, you know the Nations League as long as we've qualified for the World Cup so fingers crossed that that's what come do you kind of share that that sort of view yeah yeah I mean I think the, I think the Poland game particularly with it being away from home I think we're just going to kind of write off those three points frankly within the context of the of the Nations League and then you know playing the, the likes of the Netherlands and Belgium at home the two games that come immediately after the qualifier I think at that point you're either licking your wounds and you want to you want to do work against a couple of the world's better teams, or you actually might be looking at you know a bit of not a full lineup change in the way it would be for Poland, but some tweaks around the edges so that you can you can see what your permutations are against good quality opposition. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Since Darren Beeling uh, was a great second name, Darren uh, has asked a question: What happens if the unthinkable happens and we don't go to Qatar? Or does is the new, does the future strategy exactly the same but happen six months earlier? I think that's a really good point. I actually think that come what may, whatever happens in that game, I think we will start to see the evolution of the next kind of phase of players coming through. And I think that if you consider how we played in the last Nations League games, where we did get people like Dylan Levitt some game time when we had the chance, and other people around the squad did get minutes and got introduced to the team. That has helped us in this kind of round of qualifying because those people are kind of embedded and know what their roles are and, and are used to playing. In the same way that even if it means we get relegated, which I don't think would be the end of the world anyway, but if it does mean we get relegated, but 
Brennan Johnson starts some games. Harry Wilson starts some games. Um, you know, Kiefer Moore starts some games. Dan James gets a bit of a rest. Maybe Wes Burns, who we're going to talk about, gets some time. It all kind of starts to move things forward a little bit. So I don't actually... Th- I think the strategy will probably be that we're going to... You know, that six months earlier type of thing that, that Darren's talking about there, I, I think we'll probably start in June regardless of the of the Qatar results. Is my, is my 10 pence worth? Yeah, I think you're either looking at those games with the with the World Cup in mind and looking at some squad issues as well, or you're looking at it as some looking at some developmental issues. And I think either of either of those kind of put you in the same place in terms of the the approach to those games. Yeah, I mean I think it'd be interesting from Rob Page's point of view as well, because that is, you know, that's when your your real job is starting, if you like. I mean, he's had to finish off the work that Ryan Giggs has done to an extent in terms of the qualifying campaign and whatever, but to now kind of get us across the line and but also start to develop that next uh, that next layer of talent, if you like, is going to be a huge job to see how well he kind of combines the old and the new. So I'm really intrigued to see how he does that because that's a, going to be a big part of the job for him moving forward, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, there is if we're not going to the World Cup quite how and with whom we're moving forward as well, isn't there? I think I think there's an assumption that if we're going to the World Cup, obviously Page is in charge, but if we're not and Giggs's contract is therefore going to lapse, you know, where are we? Are we actually looking for a, a new full-time manager? Are we going forward with Page? I think there's a whole... That might actually be the biggest question that arises from, from, from the... As, as it was put in the question, the unthinkable is, you know, what does that mean from our managerial uh, journey? Yeah, I, I personally think that there's no way that Rob Page doesn't get the job. And I don't know whether the things have already been worked out or whatever. I don't know. I don't think there's enough, there's an appetite for a reset anywhere. You know, if, as we say, the unthinkable, as we're calling it, um, happens and we don't go to the World Cup then I still, you know, ultimately he's taken us to within one game of World Cup and done really well in testing circumstances. So I, I do think whatever the outcome, I think he deserves to to move on with this, which was not my opinion not long ago, as as regular listeners will will attest. So I do think he he would take that on. So I actually think that's probably the only thing we're kind of consistent on at the minute is that Rob Page will be our manager moving forward. But there we go. One person who is definitely not staying put next season is going to be Tash Harden. She has announced that she is leaving Reading. She said she's excited and looking forward to her next challenge, whatever that will be. Um, it's an interesting one from her because obviously she's been at Reading for a long, long time. Um, the post, as I say, implies that she's got something lined up. Um, what do you think that might be? Do you think she's going to go somewhere else in the UK? Maybe think she's going abroad? Any thoughts? I wondered whether it might be a, a sort of player coach Tight role somewhere for um, she, she's 33 now I, I wonder if it, you know she's looking to try to transition a little bit and head in that head in that direction I, I, I don't know to be honest I can't see her coming across here yeah ironically I've written in my notes very similarly I think I can see her being a uh, player coach I agree with you but I said I can see her going abroad I think she's mentioned that when we spoke to her that she wanted that opportunity to go abroad um so i just wonder if that's something she maybe has been given the opportunity to take up now especially given her versatility at club level yeah i i having said that i think the opportunities perhaps to be a player coach type role might be more over here so perhaps that might drive it thinking about it 
Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And, you know, whatever she does, I think she's, you know, been a great servant to Reading. So hopefully, um, you know, that stands her in good stead in terms of where she goes on to next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of contributions, positive contributions, um, obviously the, the recent games went as well as could be expected, I would say. I think the game against France was obviously disappointing to lose, and we'll look at the specifics of that in a sec. But ultimately, we went there to play and beat Kazakhstan, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I suppose the games sort of went as expected. Obviously, the three points against Kazakhstan was was vital and a three a three nil win and a good performance as well. Um, I suppose the French game ultimately was a bit sort of frustrating and somewhat disappointing. I think the manner of that loss was was disappointing, really. Yeah, I agree. I think it's difficult, really, isn't it? Because ultimately, we go into these games against these big nations, and I think it's a sign of the times that our expectations have, have shifted. And I think our performance on the whole was actually pretty good considering the level of the opposition um like i said we'll come to that in a sec. I, I think for the kazakhstan game i think again can't be can't be disappointed with the result or, or the outcome it's exactly what we wanted good result good goals tally i would just say and i think this is relevant to both games that we kind of need to focus on being a little bit more clinical at times i think yeah i, I think i mean the, the obvious example for that for me is in the is in the french game about i don't know 10 15 minutes in, we we were on top of them in the box. There was sort of maybe half a dozen fluffed chances. Um, Ingle was in there. Fishlock was in there. Um, and it's just, yeah, just as you say, I think when you're playing a, that sort of quality opposition, you can't, you can't, um, you can't not take those chances that come your way. Um, Holland as well. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a strange old game in that. Obviously, the French were on top, and I'm not saying I didn't think they deserved to win, but I don't think we showed our best either. I think that was my frustration to an extent. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree, and I think it's, it's a weird one that because. Again, we're playing such a great team to, to come away from that with frustration. I mean, ultimately, uh, I really hate being this person because I, I feel like I'm digging Laura O'Sullivan out pretty much every time we talk about the women's game, though, in it, which is not my intention. But again, another goalkeeper has led to one of their goals. And, and I, you know, I, I hope and I hope and I hope and I hope and I hope that it's come in a game that, to all intents and purposes, doesn't matter. And I hope that that's kind of out the way now and I hope that when it comes to the to the to the bigger games the playoff etc that that kind of Rick is out of the way because she does have the propensity if that's the right word to keep making these mistakes and I hope that it's something that she can cut out soon I think my disappointment with that one was it was so similar to what happened in the Scotland friendly 12 months or so ago yeah um in the same way that I was I was disappointed with be greeting getting and you know get being sent off again i think it was the fact that they are repeat issues i think is, is what was concerning me about about what happened with laura sullivan in that game um but i mean i don't think the pass back to her helped it was on her wrong foot and you, you know so, so i think there's i don't think i don't think it's solely her responsibility um but i'm with you i think it, it's just concerning the the, the frequency with which we're discussing this. 
Yeah, I agree. For the sake of clarity, I think Ruth was referencing uh, Kaylee Green being a repeat offender, uh, getting sent off against France in the away leg uh, after getting sent off against Slovenia. Obviously, she didn't uh, get sent off in this game. Um, oh, no, 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 that's not what meant i just meant just that's that's why i was frustrated by that was it was the second time around and i think this was that was another issue with o'sullivan was i felt i felt we were at the second time around on this particular type of error yeah no i i uh, i wholeheartedly agree i think what's difficult is that as i say the the concern that it happens in in a in a big game uh in, in terms of a playoff or something similar like that would be my would be my concern but obviously we'll have to sit wait and see looking ahead we've got greece away and slovenia at home in september which are their big final games and of course we've just um released that we're playing new zealand in uh, the end of june in pinatar in spain again i've seen a couple of people go into that uh, so that's interesting the one last thing i wanted to mention in regards to the women's game the crazy game in the the women's national championship where uh, coventry scored with literally the last kick of the game 97th minute unbelievable free kick uh, which kept olivia clark and uh, and Charlie Escort in that division uh, and in turn sent Watford, who they were playing down, obviously the the Watford team containing Helen Ward. So um, bonkers, great news for them, terrible, sad news for, for, for Helen, but also um, a fantastic achievement because that club is almost out of business and uh, it's been a, a huge, huge turnaround. Yeah, no, I, I hadn't realised quite how at the death that was until I was reading up on the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Coventry is an interesting case, isn't it? I mean, both both teams are doing are doing remarkably well. I think, given the the as you say, the craziness that's been going on in the background there for a number of years now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot, isn't it? So um, credit to them for staying up. Obviously, bad news for Helen Ward. Yeah. Um, as we try and move on and keep our updates coming, I think it's a good time <laughs> to uh, to mention some good news, which is that. David Brooks announced that he is cancer-free, which is amazing for him uh, and his family. So congratulations to, to him and his family. Absolutely fantastic. It was great to see him on the pitch celebrating with the other players after Bournemouth got promoted. Great picture of him and, uh, with a beer in his hand and, and Kiefer Moore. So congratulations to him, both in a footballing sense, but obviously most importantly in a, in a health sense. So fantastic news for him. And I'm sure you would like to, to echo those sentiments, Ruth. Yeah, no, and it's... Um it's just as you say it's a, a bit of good news uh can't uh, can't help but feel for him and his family it's such such a difficult thing to go through and and um you know just the relief when you when he got that news it just must be amazing and uh looking forward to hopefully seeing him back on the pitch fairly soon i mean he's, he looked he obviously looked like someone recovering from cancer treatment in those in those photos from Bournemouth. So I think yeah. he's a I think he's a ways off yet, unfortunately. But um, at least at least he can you know he can see a pathway now and uh, yeah. And just again, well done to the FAW medics that were, you know, were quick enough to to really dig and see that something wasn't right and and uh, and push that. And I think uh, we can't overlook that either. No, that's a, that's a great shout, to be fair. Um, to, to discuss Bournemouth briefly in the sense that they contain, a, you know, solid Welsh ranks. Obviously, Moore has scored the goal that kept them up, or, uh, that took them up, sorry, um, the winning goal. Equally, Meppen was on the bench. Brooks is obviously going to be around there. Um, it's really interesting. I think it's going to be great, you know, for them, obviously, being back in the Premier League and seeing those people. Um, it's 
Ant's Army, my friend Ant, has, has asked a, a great question. Um, with Kiefer Moore back playing and banging in the goals after his injury, does he start for Wales uh, in the playoff? Equally, he asks, would you get Di Brooks involved in the squad for that game, but just around the squad, uh, obviously not in a playing capacity, but around the squad um, for morale or a feel-good factor type thing? What do you think? Um, I've been answering the, answering the second question. I think that's kind of up to, up to David, really, isn't it? If he, if he feels up to it and wants to be involved... Um, I think any any player who's not there because they're injured or ill, um, I think that, that becomes a, a sort of discussion between the between the FAW and and, and that player really doesn't it, as to what what they they want to do. Some players might find it hard to be there in a sort of non playing capacity, and others, if you know, they might they might be there on two broken legs if that was you know. If, and, and and I think different people feel different things about that. So I think I think that's David's decision really. Um, looking at more and talking about injuries, it, you know the fact that he's he's come back and come on and scored that winner against Millwall. He did the same against Forest at, at the weekend. Um, not that you'd ever want a player to be injured, um, but I I think the fact that he's been able to come back and contribute in this way to Bournemouth, like the timing of it happening now. It obviously means they're going to be using him going, they're going to keep him and taking taping up to the Premier League with them because it's like, why wouldn't you? Um, and I wonder if that was the original intention. I wonder whether when they brought him in January, it was more like, look, we just need some, some solid sort of championship level striker that we can rely on and can be an extra piece. And I wonder actually if he hadn't got injured and he'd, whether he he would have had this kind of what feels like an amazing impact on Bournemouth season, even though it's just been in the last two two games, I think I think the, the sort of timing of that I think is quite interesting. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it that way. I think for me, I agree with you about Brooks. Except to him, I I don't want to sound harsh here, but I, I think it could be a distraction because it is such a serious thing and. We also, as 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 fans and whatever, we don't know the 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 difficulties that other people's families might have had. You don't know if you know someone's parents might have been ill, might be ill now. I think it just, I I think it, I don't want to say raise. It makes people uncomfortable, but it can make people uncomfortable, and not in a in a negative way. Just in a, there's just it can generate thoughts in in and around them. I think it'd be maybe good to have him come on the pitch, at, you know, at the start of the match, maybe rather than be around the squad, you know, invite him to the match rather than be around the squad per se. But um, I don't know. I, that's like you say, that's one for him and the FAW. But I, I personally would feel a bit uncomfortable about that. But that's just me. Uh, in terms of more playing against the in, playing in the playoff, I think he has to not start. It just I don't think you can drop James given the way he's playing. And I don't think you can drop Gareth Bale because he's Gareth Bale. The only way he starts for me is if Bale is injured. I think that if he can, basically, he will be there as an impact player for us as well as he has been for Bournemouth. And if he can come off the bench and show that kind of ability to change the game in the way that he has for Bournemouth, and I think that could be crucial for us. So for me, I don't think he starts. But again, a lot of that obviously depends. Change the eleven that we played against Austria, unless someone's injured. Um, but I think he's. I think it's great to have a fit key for more on the on the bench. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, we're talking obviously there about people getting promoted, etc. Um, we obviously are in a position where some of the Welsh clubs are still kind of in and around it or other Welsh players are still in and around it. And we'll come to Wrexham in a second. Um, but obviously, Brennan Johnson and Forrest have got a great chance. Uh, equally, Zorba Thomas um, is in the playoffs with Huddersfield. Uh, Johnny Williams at Swindon is, is in and around it as well. I think they won their first playoff game too. So... Um, it's uh, it's going to be a busy end of the season. I'm not personally over the moon about uh, Johnny, uh, about Johnny, about Brendan Johnson. Sorry, I think that is a. I would rather him have a, a nice little rest after a busy season, but that's uh, <laughs> that's very selfish of me. So uh, I'll uh, I'll leave that. But yeah, I, I think it's great that all these players are, are involved in the postseason. But the big one, especially for you, I'd imagine Ruth is uh, is of course Wrexham, and after their thumping three 0 win on the weekend, it's going to be a thrilling last week of the season. Yeah, I mean, the way Parkinson's turned it around in the last four or five months, I mean, I think even if they end up second, um, I think it's been a great a great end to the season. Um, obviously, they're top in the league at the minute, but Stockport have a game, a game in hand. Um, Wrexham, are, at worst, are going to have one of the, the sort of advantageous playoff spots that gives you a guaranteed um, home sort of semi is the way it's it, the way it's organized um i you know Wrexham have got one game against uh, uh Dagenham and Redbridge they've still got a chance Dagenham and Redbridge of, of sneaking into the playoffs but you know some other results would have to go their way but obviously they're going to come to that game um on the front foot because they need to try and get the three points and Stockport although they've got the game in hand it's got quite a difficult run in um they play Torquay, I think it's Wednesday. Um, you haven't really got anything to play for. They're stuck in mid-table. Uh, but then they play Halifax, who are fourth. And Halifax have the chance of also grabbing one of those advantageous playoff playoff spots. Um, so it's, it's not going to be an easy run-in for, for Stockport by any means. But... Um, I think I, I think either way it's been a great season for Wrexham and hope and I mean obviously you'd rather they get the the straight in their um, guaranteed uh, promotion spot but they're obviously going into the playoffs in a good in a good state and a good place even if that's the route. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, you could say the turnaround has been remarkable, really. I mean, looking at the amount of goals they've scored, 91 goals they've scored in a season, which is absolutely mad. Um, so, yeah, credit to them. I, I think, you know, I saw bits of their game on the weekend. I was flying back from a little holiday on the weekend and had the, had the game up on my phone and very much enjoyed the way they played. And, you know, they weren't the strongest in the first half, but scored at key moments in the match. And just second mm -hmm. half, they just kind of saw it out and they looked like they'd broke and Stockport a bit and they've you know Stockport's form hasn't been great of late they've lost three of their last five so you know it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens I think the Halifax game is the big one because I think Halifax can get mm -hmm. can get third in the league which obviously makes their yeah. playoff route easier as well so there's definitely an, an incentive for them um, as you say Dagenham and Redbridge are kind of there or thereabouts they can just sneak in they do need results to go their way uh, Grimsby and Chesterfield but they've got a better goal difference oh, that's a lie sorry they haven't got a goal, better goal difference than them Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Sorry, they've got a better goal difference than them. So, you know, again, they do need things to go their way, but there's a possibility they could even get up to sixth. So they really have got something to play for on that last day. As you say, mm -hmm. Torquay haven't. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. I'm really I'm really intrigued to see what happens. I personally, my my ten pence worth is that I think they'll do it, which I apologise in advance for. Rex and fans is the, is the kiss of death. Um, but uh, I've got everything crossed for them, and I and I, it'd be great to see them back. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even. I'll, well, I'll just pretend I didn't hear you, and I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ask you. Uh, I'm not going to ask you your thoughts. That's uh, that's not fair, even by my standards. Um, the 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 next thing we want to have a look at is Wes Burns. A few people have mentioned Wes Burns to us, um, playing for Ipswich this season. Had a great great season. Um, do we think he will get called up to the Nations League squads? Um, and I'll just ask you that first. So I have a follow-up question as well. But yeah, do you think he'll get a call-up to the Nations League? I think he might well make the whatever it is, 28, 29 that we've tended to um, to to get to Hensel recently. I don't think he'd, all things being equal, I don't think he'd make a 23. Um but I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? He's he's scored one he's scored one goal in every three games, which from sort of right central midfield is pretty good return, even in that league. Um, I think he's a little unfortunate where he plays on the on the field because we we it's not like we're lacking depth in that position generally. Um, but I think it would be I think he's another one that it would be tempting to get involved with a view to the future. Although he's, I mean, he's a bit older, isn't he? Is he what, 26, 27 sort of area uh, now? He's, he's 25, um, He's twenty five, I think, at the moment. 25, okay. So, I mean, it's not, he's not a young gun by, you know, in, in that sense. But um, I think the sort of season he's had, you've definitely got to give him some attention. And he's, they, he must be well known. He's, he was played quite a lot of games in the, in the uh, younger age groups for us. So it's not that he hasn't, I mean, obviously, he's not really been in and around the, the senior squad, but he must he must be reasonably well known within the FAW setup as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, referring to to Darren uh, Darren's question a little bit earlier, I think he's an interesting one who comes into that next phase. As much as I love Chris mm-hmm. Gunter, I think we're getting to the point where someone like Chris Gunter does need to be phased out. Not in terms of his visibility; I have no problem with him being called up to a big squad, but in terms of people who can make an impact. I think you're looking at Wes Burns as being someone more in that mould. For him to have scored 12 goals from from fullback, effectively, well, I know it's rare, mm-hmm. more wingback really, but either way, that's still a huge, huge return. He's got a load of assists. He's a League One team of the year. I mean, and that's in an Ipswich team that haven't done particularly well this season. I think they were they were mid table, not not really pushing for playoffs. So when you look at it in that context, I think when we're talking about bringing through the next wave of people, he should be in that for me. And I think when Gunter goes under whatever guys that will take he should be the next kind of replacement fullback in inverted commas that comes into the squad because he's not going to take the place of Nico and and uh, and Connor as you've mentioned talking about having a depth um, you know strong depth in that position mm-hmm. but I think it would be good for for someone of that variety I mean we've got to be realistic here we can't we can't be turning down people uh, of that age who have had that good a season. I think he deserves to have a look at, uh, to be looked at. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think he will get a shot in the Nations League, and I hope he does. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I know. I know the squad is out. Is it a week Friday? Nineteenth uh, of May. And then the guys that haven't got playoff games or cup games, you know, whatever, whatever, are, are getting together fairly immediately. I mean, I think. For example, when we went to 
was it Portugal last year prior to the um, the Euros? There was a there was a few players, weren't there, that that went and then didn't end up in the main or the main yeah. squad. Um, so you know maybe maybe you get them involved in in that sense in that sort of more general camp and then and then see what you've got from there. I I, I I'm with you. I don't see any point in not having him involved there um, because by definition you're you're going to be missing a few players anyway. So you're looking you're looking to I don't want to say make up the numbers because that makes it sound like they're not capable players, but you look you know you're looking to. Um, fill the fill the participation anyway aren't you so yeah i agree i agree and i think he deserves that that shot i would say mm-hmm. given given the way he's given the season he's had um to move on to our what i think is our final point flicking through my notes furiously um mm-hmm. is the wales matches look like they're going to be going behind a paywall from 2024 in fact they are go, uh, via play via play i don't know how you say it um are going to be taking over wales games as long as as, as, along with Scotland and Northern Ireland it still seems to indicate from some of the tweets that Noel Mooney's put out that S4C will still get some of them at least the the Nations League games and stuff upcoming as well so that's something but I just kind of wondered on your on your thoughts on that uh, circumstance to be honest I'm not sure I understand the the process because it's in some stuff I've seen it reads like it's a sort of centralized UEFA decision but then it only seems to apply to some countries which again seems strange um i'm hopeful that obviously because we there should be welsh language coverage that s4c can can be involved but then you know via play could could say okay well we'll do a red button welsh language something and claim that they're providing that um I, I'm not quite sure what to make of it because it feels like the FAW have kind of said, well, this is UEFA's decision, but then they could object. And I, 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 my honest answer, Dave, is I don't understand the process enough to understand kind of how much, say, the FAW have had in this. Um, I understand that the individual... Um, associations can you know can have input and make points so presumably the needs for the welsh language coverage at least has been has been explored um i know mooney put out a, a, a sort of cryptic tweet that you know indicated how much he loved s4c but that, again that's not actually committing to anything is it so i my concern is that this is short-sighted because We've seen what happens when games are not sort of front and center and easily accessible to the public or relatively easily accessible to the public. And I think, you know, the, the drop off in, in interest in the team that, that, you know, started about 15, 18 years ago when games started to come off to rest, what was then terrestrial and on, and onto satellite. Um, it's, I think we might be risking the same the same issue if we're not careful. Yeah, it's an interesting one. There's two things I just want to add there. First of all, Viaplay, Viaplay have said that they are going to have a red button Welsh language option, and I assumed that was on with the on the 
idea of removing the possibility that S4C could have it, because I assume that means that they have then exclusive and in inverted commas. As I understand it, the, the uh, Wales signed up to the kind of collective bargain, bargaining agreement, and I would imagine that as part of that bargaining agreement, that is has different tiers, if you like, for different countries. So, for example, England, France, uh, etc., will be sold as part of the bargaining agreement, but elsewhere um, to a separate in a separate package, if you like. Whereas the the middle tier nations, again, I don't really like these terms, but just kind of trying to be vague, mm-hmm. of like ourselves, Northern Ireland. Um, then I think we get sold in a separate package. For example, I don't think, you know, there's going to be much appetite in Lithuania to watch Wales play uh, Poland. But in on the on the flip side of that, there might be a, a, a high appetite in Lithuania to watch England versus the Netherlands in the Nations League or whatever. So I think that's mm-hmm. where the argument comes from, why there's kind of separate packages. I, th- I, I totally agree with your points about what you've said. I think my concern moving forward is that when it goes behind a paywall, it does remove the the likelihood that a casual fan, for one thing, is gonna mm-hmm. is gonna drop in and watch, especially when you consider the cost. I mean, Sky, BT, and then something else to watch international football. The cost is just absurd. And if you wanna yeah. if you wanna have all of these package packages, sorry, I think you know I read a thing about it. You're looking at somewhere about hundred up to 120 quid a month, depending on who your providers for different things. I mean, that's mad. And that's you know, mm-hmm. and that's for that you know, that's before you've even gone to a match or you know, I mean, it's not as if you know, without wishing to get political, it's not like everything else is getting cheaper at the minute either. So you know, for for that 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 really bothers me, and whether how much say of that the red wall, uh, the red wall, um, the FAW had, I think, is it is a different question. I'm not particularly happy about it. I think my main thing here is, as always, the fans are exploited uh, for financial gain. And what happens if this TV deal goes belly up? Because we've seen a load of these things go tits up over the years, and then it kind of puts everyone in a difficult position. I think, for me, I know, uh, I, as an example, right, I'm I'm a Formula One fan. I like to watch the Grand Prix. I found out at the start of this season that the in the Netherlands, the, the Grand Prix, you can watch the qualifying and everything else, but the actual race itself is no longer on the Ziggo channel, which I already pay money for. I can watch everything else, but not the bloody mm-hmm. race. So to watch the race, I have to pay another twelve ninety nine a month, which I point blank refuse to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I've gone to the, I go to the extra effort now of finding a stream and, you know, everyone can decide on the legality of that for themselves. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I should, I, you know, I, I'm already paying a lot of money to watch football in the Netherlands. I got season ticket at my local football team. I am traveling back and forth to watch Welsh football I, I, I don't want sympathy that's not my point it's just more that the cost of these things are exorbitant and the more and more you tack on in the end people just get fed up with it and if you're a hardcore fan yeah. if you're a hardcore fan you go into most games anyway or probably will be able to find a way to stream it or go to a pub or whatever so you won't bother mm-hmm. the the casual yeah. the, the casual fans then won't bother either um so we you know it just i just don't see who it benefits uh, you know i'm sure the faw are going to get some money you know a big chunk of money from it so hopefully that'll kind of be reinvested and we move forward but I, I i the way this has happened and the way it's been done really bothers me because again the foot that the football fan your average fan on the street type thing is is you know not prioritized in any way around all of this and that really really pisses me mm-hmm. off i gotta be honest yeah. No, I think I think that's the concern is that you're 
you're just making it harder for people to watch international football. And that, to, to my mind, that seems counterintuitive. We should be making it easier, not harder for people to. Yeah, I, I, I can't. In particular, I think, because the, it's, cl- it's, it's clear that the market likes club football. So why are we making it more difficult for people to watch their country? We've, we should be doing what we can to ensure that countries' coverage is healthy and viable and accessible. I agree. And I mean, I think we're looking at this, you know, a time here. And I've I think I've often said to people who've questioned whether you prefer fo- club or international football, I've always said international because mm-hmm. it, there's some genuineness about it to me. You can't buy players. Yeah. You, you kind of got to do, you've got to make do with what you've got. There's, you're representing a lot of different things. And, you know, I don't need to mm-hmm. beat, that, beat that drum to the people who listen to this. But, um, th- you know, th- that's, that is true. And it's... I saw it as this kind of like last bastion of, of what football should really be like. And I think it's just gone down the same road. I was looking at that accommodation, potential accommodation in Qatar uh, with my pal uh, a couple of days ago for if Wales get there. And to stay on a, like they, they've not got enough accommodation in Qatar. So they are putting out mm-hmm. big cruise liners in the, in the harbour. Um, and to stay one night in a, in a, with a double bed and a sofa bed in the same room. On one of these boots, one night is six hundred and seventy dollars, and this is their like affordable. <laughs> this is their affordable solution. I mean, it's just absolutely outrageous, and I it's just going and going and going and going and going to you know, it's it's so annoying, and I'm that the cost of flights. I looked because you can't stay anywhere in Qatar, so to get a return flight from Dubai to Qatar, fly in and out for the match and stay somewhere else. The, mm-hmm. cheap, the cheapest return flight I could find was seven hundred and fifty quid for a what for a, for a there and back. Mm-hmm. For a, you know, I don't think they're in the in the air half an hour. I, it's just obscene, and I appreciate that's relatively off topic now. But it's it's the point that football is more and more about money and less and less about the fans. And I just think this just sort of blatant disregard uh, for those you know for, for your average fan on the street type thing who's already going through tough times money wise as a lot of us are, and you know. Bloody hell! You know we don't need this thrown on top as well. It's just it just seems thoughtless to me. But but there you go. Um, is 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 there is there anything else you wanted to add, Ruth? As we uh, as we approach the end here. No, have we have we covered all the different questions that you you got in via via Twitter? Have we incorporated those? Yes, into yes, all those, the, yeah, those people. Yeah. Are in, uh, there is actually yeah. as you funny should say that was one more. Um, shirt at shirt lane uh message and said has anyone got any spare tickets for the playoffs so uh, if anyone has <laughs> if anyone has got a spare ticket get in touch with at shirt lane on twitter i said i'd give you give him a shout out so there you go um i've managed to get a playoff ticket now which i'm so thank you very much to owen dobbs his name was thank you very very much for to you my friend for uh, for getting me a ticket i'm uh, someone's, I think it was his brother who could no longer make it anymore because of the date change so um whilst i'm obviously sad for owen's brother i'm um absolutely delighted for myself so thank you very much uh for that so i'm glad i'm looking forward to the game got a good group of us going so yeah it should be it should be a lot of fun hopefully uh we'll be able to do a podcast ruth before um just after the squads come out uh on the 19th and be able to have a good chat about you know actually starting gearing up to the game which is mental actually really because it seems like this feels like it's always been miles away in the future but now it's less than a month away and it's absolutely terrifying It's been a long process, hasn't it? Considering it really has. This, you know, we knew we knew where we stood. Well, we knew where we stood before November, but formally we knew where we stood in November. And uh, yeah, this is 
yeah, this is just enough, enough already. <laughs> um, have you have you looked into what you're going to do for that day? Because I'm just trying to think. Because that's it's a five o'clock kickoff, so that's early morning for you. Oh, Christ, I think yeah, I'm going to be yeah. bad. You can't even have a drink. Well, you can have a drink, but it'll be a, be a long day for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I assume it's still going to be on ESPN over here. Uh, I don't see why they would have had March's games and won't have this June game. So then it'll just be a matter of trying to get decent service, which might mean I'm back in the broom covered in the library, frankly, if that's the most reliable <laughs> internet I can find. <laughs> well, as long as they let you sneak in. But no, I haven't, looked at, I haven't looked at the specifics of that yet. Yeah. Well, as long as you can sneak a yeah, few but my pans br- in. My, my Bruins are in the uh, hockey playoffs at the minute as well. So that's that's taking most of our uh, trying to, you know, bar access time at the minute. Understandable. Well. And, the, and the Celtics are in the playoffs against the Bucks as well. It's all uh, it's all mm-hmm. kicking off. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. We have done a full sports yeah. roundup for you, ladies and gentlemen. American, <laughs> uh, Dutch sport, Welsh sport, uh, the Welsh national team, the women's team, clubs, playoffs, American sports playoffs and uh, and uh, you know I don't think you could want a more complete podcast. Um, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. All of those things wedged in in under an hour. That is some kind of record for us, I would imagine. Um, Ruth, as always, thank you very much for your time. It was great catching up. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll be back very soon after the squad has been released to do a bit more of an in-depth preview and general chat about that game. Oh, my God. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon. Thank you for listening, ladies and gents, and goodbye. Bye.